Hello, hello. Uh, we're going to be starting Acts 3, 12 through 19. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if your own, our own power and godliness had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate. Though he, he had decided to let him to uh, that though he had decided to let him go you you disown the holy and righteous one and ask that a murderer be released to you you killed the author of life but god raised him from the dead we are witnesses of this by faith in the name of jesus this man whom you see and known was made strong it is jesus's name that and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can all see, now fellow Israelites, I know that you have acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through the, all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer, repent, then turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that in times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Our next reading is in Psalm 4. Answer me when I call you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. How long will you people turn to my glory into shame? How long will you love disillusion and seek false gods? Know that the Lord has set apart his faithful servant for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Tremble and do not sin. When you are on your bed, search your hearts and be silent. Offer the sacrifices of the righteous and trust in the Lord. Many, Lord, are asking, who will bring us prosperity? Let the light of your face shine on us. Fill my heart with joy when their grain and new wine abound. In peace I will lie down and sleep for you alone. Lord, make me dwell in safety. Next reading is in 1 John 3, 1-7. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it does not know him. Dear friends, now that we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves, just as he is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he, make, so that he might take away our sins, and in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. Let the one, the one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. And our last reading is in Luke 24, 36, verses 36 through 48. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking what they saw was a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts raise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as, I, as you see I have. 
When he had said this, he showed him his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe him, it was because of joy and amazement. He asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that was written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. He, then he opened up their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what was written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead. And on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in the name of to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses to these things. Thank you, Matthew. Appreciate Matthew reading and so excited he can go with us on this trip to Bulgaria. And uh, we're going to pray for that at the end of the service. But right now I'm going to ask you to keep your Bibles open to these passages of scriptures. Uh, they're listed in the bulletin, but also on the back of your bulletin. If you just turn your bulletin over, it's blank on the back side. There's a pen in front of you, and I'm going to give you a bunch of things to write down today. Um, and just whatever the Holy Spirit speaks to you, just go ahead and write those things down. We're kind of in that season between Easter and Pentecost, so we are reading through the appearances of Jesus after Easter. And what does he ask us to do? What did he tell the disciples, and what does he speak to us? Because after Easter, everything changes. We talked about last week how we have new power in our lives because Jesus rose from the dead. He died on the cross, he rose from the dead, and now we have this power being united with him, united with others. We have this power in experiencing him and knowing him and being close to him. Uh, we have this uh, power in the peace that he gives us. And today we're going to see another command from Jesus after his resurrection, is that it's not just for the disciples, it's for us today as well. We live in an amazing time. At your fingertips, on your phone right now, you can get the ratings and reviews of anything you want. If you took your phone out right now, you could check out the, the restaurants that are nearby, you could check out the businesses, the hotels, you can even check out churches online and see how many stars they get, and you get the ratings and the reviews. You can get it for anything, and you're going to read the good, the bad, and the ugly, and you can check out how many stars something has, and, and we read the reviews, and, and let's be honest, how many of you actually read the one-star reviews first? Those are the ones that you seem to go to. I'm not sure why we do that, but we, we seem to go there. But we can find out whatever we want about anything, and we can see what everybody is saying. Today we're going to look at a command of Jesus, and after the resurrection, Jesus said to his disciples over and over again, and we ended this, Matthew, this is kind of the last thing Matthew just read for us from the book of Luke, it says, you are my witnesses. That is what Jesus commands us, and, and it's not we might be his witnesses, no, he says, you are my witnesses. You say, Pastor Daryl, I, I, don't, I don't witness, and... I'm going to say, yes, you do. Yes, you do. If you name the, Christ, name the name of Christ, you do. And people are looking at the ratings and reviews. And I want to look at what the scriptures teach us about being his witness this week. And so the first thing, it's already on the screen. You can write it down. It says, you are my witnesses. You are my witnesses. Uh, I've been blessed to travel internationally for the church and the college and Mission Possible for many years. And, and wherever we go... We represent the United States of America. 
when you hand that passport over, it's a U.S. passport, they know you're from America, and they're going to judge America by how you act. And so you realize that you represent your nation when you travel. But even more importantly, we represent the name of Christ as we go in His name to represent Him to this world. And Jesus has to remind His disciples, this is why I came. And so after the resurrection, He starts appearing to them. And remember, they're always skittish when He shows up and appears among them. And today's reading is no different. They think He's a ghost. They're they're scared to death when Jesus walks into the room. And so Jesus has to kind of calm them down. And He says, you know, peace be with you. That's what He says whenever He shows up because He's just got to calm everybody down. Peace. (laughs) Peace be with you. And then to show him that he's not a ghost, he's like, you got anything to eat? Because Jesus was real. He was alive. And what I love about Jesus here is he doesn't chastise the disciples for doubting. He doesn't speak about their lack of faith. Instead, he just gives them three verses that teaches them and us what we're called to do. So those verses will be on the screen. We've already read them, but You can look at them now in in Luke 24, beginning of verse, verse 46. It says, He told them that this is written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. That's what had happened. So what do we do? And repent, or what has happened? And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in the name, in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And verse 48, you are witnesses of these things. In these three short verses, Jesus gives us our reason for being as a church and our call to action as believers. See, Jesus' life, His suffering, His death, His resurrection were part of God's long-term solution to our very human problems of sin and evil and hatred and discord and death. And that's the good news. We talked about it last week. The cross plus the resurrection equals everything. Everything you need is found in the cross. Forgiveness of your sins. Healing. This is this peace that He's promising His disciples. And in the resurrection, victory and power and new life. And everything you need is found in this. So the disciples were called to be His witnesses of what He had done. The disciples are witnesses and so are we. The disciples came from a variety of backgrounds. Some were rich, some were poor. Some were white collar, some were blue collar. Some were to the right of politics, some were to the left. And all of them, it didn't matter who they were, they were called to be his witnesses. As Luther said, we are called, gathered, empowered, and sent by the Holy Spirit into the streets with the message of God's amazing grace. We are His witnesses. And what's amazing is Jesus is asking you and me to tell His story. Jesus is asking you and me to tell His story. So we're His witnesses. In our Acts reading, it's Peter pointing to Jesus. And what happens before this sermon that we just read in the book of Acts is that Peter and John are at the temple, and they heal a um, lame beggar. And so it's just amazing. The beggar asks for something, and in verse 6 of Acts chapter 3, it says, Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I 
give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. I love it. Peter gives away what he has. That's witnessing. He gives away what he has. And when the attention starts coming his way, this is what I love about Peter, is he deflects any attention coming his way and he immediately puts it on Jesus. That's what witnessing is. It's not coming our way, but it's going his way. And we see that through his sermon in the book of Acts. Peter is pointing to the presence and the power of Jesus that was active right there in the midst of them. And that's what witnessing is. is pointing to the power of God active in the world right now. At the end of the sermon in Acts chapter 3, verse 19, he said, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And that, that's some good news right there. Repent. Turn to Jesus. Let His refreshing come to you. We're called to be witnesses, and witnessing is simply just telling our personal experience, what we've seen, what we've heard, what we've felt. If you are subpoenaed in a court of law, you're not asked to give a defense or an argument. You're not even, you don't even have to know anything about the law. If you're subpoenaed to be a witness, you just have to show up. And when you show up, you just have to do three things. You have to tell them what you saw, tell them what you heard, and tell them what you experienced. That's it. You are not the judge. You are not a lawyer. You are a witness. And that testimony can either set someone free or keep them in prison. And that's why testimony is so important. If you don't testify in the court of law, you will be held in contempt because our testimonies are powerful. And God says, I'm the judge. Don't worry about that. But you tell my story. In John chapter 9, it's actually the whole chapter, Jesus heals a man that was born blind. What's interesting about this miracle is that this person doesn't ask Jesus for a miracle. He doesn't even know who Jesus is. It's because the disciples are talking about him. Like, why is this guy blind, Jesus? And Jesus tells him it's because I want to reveal my glory through them. So he doesn't even know who Jesus is. He didn't even ask to be healed. Jesus heals him and, and, and leaves. And so this guy's in the temple and he can see and it's great, but it's, it's also bad because the religious leaders aren't too happy about it. It happened on a Sabbath. And so they're angry and they're like, hey, dude, what's up? Why are you, why, this, this, is, this guy's not good. And are you, you're probably one of his disciples, aren't you? And on and on and on and on. And he has to keep telling him, I don't even know who this guy is. And it comes down to verse 25 where he says, I don't know who he is, but this I know. I was blind and now I can see. That's a witness. I was blind, but now I can see. Could he answer all the questions they had? No. Sometimes we're scared to witness because we don't know if we can answer all the questions. You don't have to answer all the questions. You just have to say, hey, there was a time in my life where I was dead, but now I'm alive. I was blind, but now I see. When we witness, it begins to sharpen our faith. It begins to increase our love for other people. It increases our boldness because when we start witnessing for Jesus, and we're going to get there in a few weeks to the day of Pentecost, but you know the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit's not just there for our goosebumps. He's there for power. He's there to give us new words to speak about Jesus. And so when we begin to witness, we have this boldness and we begin to stretch and grow and God does amazing things. Why? Because we're being obedient to what he asked us to do. He said, be my witnesses. 
So talk about Him. In our New Testament reading, it describes who we are and what we are to do. It speaks of of our identity. It goes beyond just that Jesus died for our sins and takes care of our sin problem. He speaks to our very identity. And in one of my favorite verses in the Bible, 1 John 3, 1, he says this, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. John stands in amazement and appreciation for God's love. That God calls us to be a part of His family. That that He does something in our life that gives us a brand new identity. Going on to to verse 2, it says, Dear friends, now that we are children of God and that we will, excuse me, and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we will see him as he is. So as children of God, someday we will see the Father. We will see him. We will behold him as he is. Uh, when I was a little boy, uh, a song that we used to sing in church, it wasn't a, a song that we sang out of a hymnal. It was kind of a, a special that would be sung every now and then. It was sung by Sandy Patty, and it was, We Shall Behold Him. And then I just I even get children I think about when that chorus would come around. We shall behold Him. We shall see Him face to face. Face to face with my Savior and Lord. And just that there is a day because we belong to God, because we are His children, we shall behold Him. We shall see Him. But the second part of the verse is even better because it says, and then we'll be like Him. Oh. We shall see Him. We'll behold His glory. We'll fall down in worship. And as we fall down in worship, we'll be made like Him. And you think about that. We will be free from the possibility of defilement, sin, sickness, sorrow, and death. That's some good news. But in light of that good news someday, how should I speak and think and act and live right now? See, I should begin to reflect God's image right now because that identity isn't just for someday. It's for today. That I am part of His family. So going on to the next verse, it says that all who have this hope in Him purify themselves just as He is pure. So I should begin to reflect God's image. Go on to verse 6. It says, No one who lives in Him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen or known Him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as He is righteous. John is telling his beloved community, the church, that these are some important things of how we are to be in this world and what we are to do as children of God. And and we call this process in our life, it's it's a big word we use, sanctification. That God is at work in our life. Because when we're saved, that's the beginning, when we're saved, Jesus died for us. But when we're sanctified, that's our flesh dying for Him. To be made like Him. That He would be at work in our life. That the Holy Spirit would be at our work in our life. And there will be a day we behold Him and we shall be like Him. But that process has already begun right now. The Holy Spirit is at work inside of us. And we should be projecting His image to this world. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 says, Make every effort to live at peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. 
God makes us holy, but He's also in the process of making us holy. And so that holiness makes us right with God, but it's also a light to everyone around us. So we should have some family resemblance to our Heavenly Father. We should have His love, His holiness at work in our life. We should have the fruit of the Spirit because that's our relationship. That's our new identity. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. We should have those things at work inside of us because this is a part of our testimony because it's a part of our very identity. It is who we are. Now you say, well, this is too hard. I can't do it. I, I don't know if I can break this power of sin. You don't have to break the power of sin. Because the very next verse, we didn't read in our reading, but it's the very next verse, 1 John 3, 8. It says, the one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the very beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared, look at this, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. That is why Jesus came. He came to save you. He came to give you abundant life, but He came to destroy the work of the devil. That is good news. So if you are here today and you are struggling you're in the right place. Jesus is here to set you free. He sets you free and doesn't just forgive your sins. He breaks the power of sin in your life. You don't belong to sin anymore. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made Him who had no sin, Jesus, to be sin for us so that we in Him might become the righteousness of God. We belong to God. He makes us righteous. He makes us holy. And the devil is going to come and he is going to accuse you over and over and over again. His name means slanderer, accuser. And he's going to come against you. And you have to remind him that Jesus died once and for all. That your sins are forgiven. That you don't belong to sin. You belong to God. It says in Romans chapter 6.14, for sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law. You are under grace. You don't belong to that. There was a time you did. You've been born under Adam. Yeah, we sinned. But it says in Romans 5, 18 and 19, consequently, just as one trespass resulted in the condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, many were made righteous. There is no sin in your life that is more powerful than the blood of Jesus. There is nothing that you're going through that God can't turn it around. Nothing that, that, that sin in the past, He will turn it around for good. He is the great Redeemer. I want to tell you today that this battle is over. It's been fought. It's been won. And so, just all you got to do now is fight. It's already been won. You just fight. It says in James 4, 7 and 8, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. You say, it's, it's, it's too hard for me. It's not too hard for Jesus. Resist the devil. He will flee. He has to flee. I'm going to give you three easy steps. They're going to be on the screen real quickly. You want to resist the devil, three things that you can do. Number one, seek the power of the Holy Spirit 
and God's Word. You've got to have the power of the Holy Spirit at work in your life. The Holy Spirit is the one making you more like Jesus. God's Word is alive, speaking truth to us, so that when the devil comes against us with an accusation, we can say, no, devil, you're a liar. His Word is true. So you have to seek the power of the Holy Spirit and God's Word. Stay away from tempting situations. Duh, right? I mean, if you know that when I go to this place, it never ends well, stay away from that place. Or if I go with this certain group of people, I always end up getting in trouble. Stay away from that group of people. Unless you're going to witness. That would be awesome. Because you are His witnesses. But stay away from tempting situations. In groups, alone, in places, at home, wherever you are. Stay away from tempting situations. Finally, seek the help of the body of Christ. Come to church. Worship together. Pray together. Look at the Word together. Find a small group. Be accountable. Grow and learn in God. The devil is defeated. I want you to believe it. I want you to receive it. I want you to walk in it because that is your identity. Victor. You are victorious. Jesus' very first words, very first words to his disciple was, come, follow me. To each person that he encountered, it was, come, follow me. Come, follow me. To each one of us here today, Jesus has bid us, come, follow him. And that's what we are. We're followers of Jesus. The very last words of Jesus, you can read on the screen, is go, make disciples. Go, make disciples. He doesn't just want you to follow him. He wants everybody to follow him. He asks us to share it and live it, that he could be at work inside of us and through us. The Great Commission is that go and make disciples. And we say this around here when we talk about the Great Commission. The Great Commission is my commission. It's not the commission of the seven of us that are going to Bulgaria or the two of us that are going to the Dominican Republic this week. It's not just for a few to go out and be his witnesses. We're all called to go and make disciples. So I want you to say this because we say this when we talk about it. The Great Commission is my commission. Will you say that with me? The Great Commission, my commission. The Great Commission is my commission. Hold on to that. Point to Jesus. The world is watching, rating, and reviewing. And I just encourage you to share Jesus. Point to Him. Let me give you some helps for evangelism real quickly. They're not going to be on the screen, but just let me share these with you. One of the easiest things you can do in witnessing is just be you. God saved you. Uh, the disciples were such a diverse group of people that each one had a different style. In fact, that's why we have the beauty of four Gospels telling us the story of Jesus. Each one had a different personality and a different perspective and sharing Him. And, and, and God called you. And you're, there's, people, there's some people that only you could reach that I would never reach, that, that other people around you would never reach. So just be you. And be natural. Um, you know, it's funny because uh, sometimes we think, well, I've got I to gotta have my verses down and what I'm going to say and rehearse and things like that. And, and I don't, it can't be canned or a performance. In fact, when I'm talking to the boys sometimes, uh, I, I, they say, Dad, would you please stop using your preacher voice right now and just talk to us like that? Because you get into that mode, like, you know. And, and so when you're witnessing, just, just be you. Just be you. 
in conversation. The second thing is uh, just write out your testimony. Write out what God has done for you, that I once was dead and now I'm alive. I, I was blind, but now I can see. I, just write out what, what, what you were and then what God has done in your life or maybe some other testimonies. Because I don't know about you, but when I hear testimonies, like if I'm with a group of people and they start sharing their testimonies, I'm like, my faith just increases because there's power in a testimony. And so write it out. Just remember what God has done for you. Sometimes we get scared because we, they're going to throw questions our way about the existence of God and the veracity of God's word. And is Jesus the only way, the truth, and the life? And all those other things that can come up. And there's so many great books out there. My favorite is, is C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity. Um, but one that I'm reading right now, and this isn't the best of all of them, but I just happen to be reading it right now, and I really, really like it. The cover will be on the screen. It's called Forensic Evidence uh, by J. Um, Warner Wallace, and um, he is a police officer that investigates the claims of God, the claims of the Bible, and the claims of Jesus, and I'm just really enjoying it right now. So that's just one of many, many books that are out there, and if you ever need to know more about that, you can can ask, and we'll we'll get you some more books, but I'm, I'm really liking that one right now. I know that our Sunday school class would be a great place to come and to, to learn more and to go deeper, to be able to answer some of the questions that come up. Maybe you're a small group or, or, or something in church. Just don't worry about the questions. God will give you at the right time. And we don't have to have all the answers, but, but I do want you to know, I, I really want you to know that God is real, that Jesus is who he said he is, and the Bible is absolutely true. And you can stand on that you can stand on that. Those are, it's not true because we say it's true. It's true because they are true. And it is real. Um, another thing you can do is there's, there's tracks out in the lobby. If you go out the door and just go uh, to your right as you walk out the door, um, there's a bunch of tracks over there. And you can give those out, but you can maybe just read through them and see different ways to present the gospel. Um, that's out there for you. Let me give you one more, and I know it's the last one, but it's the most important one. Pray. Pray. Wake up in the morning and say, God, I'm available uh, to talk to anybody you bring my way, to share you in any way, to share your love, to share your word, to share a testimony, to be you to this world, God. So if you open the door and make a way today, I will, I will walk through it. Just Holy Spirit, show me what to say, where to go, who to talk to. And if you pray that every morning, I guarantee you he will answer that prayer. So just pray, God, what, today, what do you want me to do? Who do you want me to talk to? Who needs some good news today? Who needs some love? And uh, take that and share that. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me today? We're going to pray because I want to pray for you as you are witnesses. And I just want to see God at work in all of our life because this is a command of Jesus. It's something that was very important to him because after the resurrection, he keeps telling us this. It's time to go and make disciples. It's time to be his witnesses of, of what we know, the truth, the that the cross plus the, the resurrection equals everything we need. And we're his messengers. Jesus, uh, you say in your word that you will make us worthy of our calling. That we don't have to make ourselves worthy. God, you make us worthy of the calling and you have placed a calling on every single one of us to be your witnesses. You've placed that calling on our life, and so God, would you make us worthy of that calling? Will you give us boldness, Holy Spirit, to speak when we are to speak? To share when we are to share. When we, there's something we're called to do that we would 
do it. God, we, we need your power. We need your direction. Um, Lord, we need the right words at the right time. We, we need to know what to do, when to do it. So, Lord, would you make us worthy? And Lord, I pray that we would be like Peter, not pointing in our direction, always pointing in your direction. Always pointing to you, Jesus. I pray that every one of us would walk in our new identity. Lord, that, that, that as we share with this world, God, that there would be a new identity on our life, that we belong to you, that we are your children. And God, may we resemble you. Holy Spirit, be at work inside of us, making us more like you because God we we want to be that we long for the day when we see you face to face and in a twinkling of an eye we're made like you but God you're beginning that even now as we pray even now as we sit in your house and open your word together you are doing something inside of us you're stirring something inside of us and so Lord I pray that you would stir us tomorrow morning when we wake up to pray God I'm here I'm available I will talk to anyone you want me to talk to and so, God, I, I pray that you would just lead us and guide us this week, every week. Lord, that you would make us your witnesses. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 As we go today, we're going to pray uh, over the group that's uh, going to Bulgaria. There'll be some slides on the screen, and they're just going to be rolling through. We work with a, a, an organization called Mission.